water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between, and affiliated to Into the Elements, an Avatar podcast by us, the Novice Leadists. Caleb, at this moment in time, how you doing? Oh boy, I'm uh, I'm on cloud nine. I just uh, finished watching Sozin's Comet Part 3, a book 3, chapter 20, Into the Inferno. I think the word of the day is elation right now. I'm feeling very elated, animated, and full of life. There you go. Yeah, full of life. And yeah, hopefully that's how Aang and, uh, and Zuko and Katara will be once we get to the chapter 21, because, oh boy, yeah, do we leave off in a, a dark place here. Now, hang on a second. What about what about like uh, Sokka, Toph, and Suki? That's fair. Pretty much all, all of the boomerangs. Yeah, hopefully they'll have life Yeah, at the end of the next episode, because... <laughs> I, I guess I should just be up front. Uh, I think people may like you know, comment on this and be like, hang on a second now. Um, you guys could easily just listen to the commentaries or like watch mm. the special features, watch the commentaries of the standard edition. And because those are just individual episodes, right? You just like, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure the subtitles, if you needed to see them, uh, are still would still pop up as like, you know, as if the episode were playing the audio in the background. Yeah, we actually absolutely could do that, but we're not. So uh, we're just making our lives even more difficult. <laughs> yeah, see, what I thought you were going to say is, hey, guys, what are you guys doing? Uh, sure, maybe the first two parts of Sosan's Comet were distinct on their own, but this one ends on a massive cliffhanger. How could you not just do this all in one big discussion? And I did consider that for this, the last two episodes of this show, but just knowing the two of us, I figure that that, f- that final episode is, is going to go really long. So... <laughs> I figured we should split them up just for length purposes. Yeah, come on, guys! Like you do realize, like look at our track record for this this stuff. I'm I'm yeah. out of control. Like this guy, he's he's always trying to get that leash on me, but it's it's just never working because every time he puts the leash on, I just break it, or at least it always comes yeah. off. It just slips out. Yeah, no, I'm just too I'm too I'm too slippery, man. Like, it's not gonna work. Like I I always go back to the old habits of just I cannot shut up. Anyways, I will shut up, though, for this part as Caleb reads the summary. Yes, the summary. With Sozin's Comet having finally arrived, all should be well in the Fire Nation capital. But with the soon-to-be-newly-crowned Fire Lord Azula, she finds herself only surrounded by paranoia. With the sting of her recent betrayal still fresh, in every corner, she sees incompetence and traitors, and slowly descends into a state of mental distress. And while her fear begins to envelop her mind, the fear of the Fire Nation's might moves to devour the Earth Nation, as the Phoenix King Ozai's fire fleet arrives to deal its devastation. Sokka, Toph, and Suki move to action, boarding one of the ships in the fleet and using it as a battering ram against the other ships. But during their attempts, their ship breaks apart and Sokka and Toph are separated from Suki, and they're forced to press forward on their attack on their own. While at the front of the convoy, Avatar Aang reappears and begins his final showdown with the Phoenix King Ozai. But back in the capital, 
Azula has banished much of her staff and isolated herself from the world. And in her time of distress, an image of her mother comes to pay her a visit. The image tries to tell her that there's a different path and that she still loves her, despite what she's done. But Azula rejects it, saying that she knew that her mother always thought of her as a monster. And in an attempt to destroy the image, she shatters the mirror her mother spoke to her from, further splintering her sanity. And when Zuka and Katara arrive to confront her during Azula's crowning, a battle ensues, with Zuko recognizing the weakness in his sister and hoping to capitalize. But as the battle progresses, Zuko makes the mistake of boasting to her, trying to goad her into using her lightning bending against him so he can redirect it. In seeing the ruse, instead she blasts Katara, who is standing off to the side watching the battle. But before the lightning can electrocute the waterbender, Zuko leaps into its path, only partially redirecting it and absorbing the rest as a blow. And with Zuko injured, we leave that dangling thread open until the final part of Sozin's Comet. And back with Aang and Ozai, the battle pushes forward with Aang on his heels the whole time, but the two being surprisingly evenly matched. Even with the power of the Comet, Ozai almost loses the battle as he blasts some lightning bending towards Aang, and Aang redirects it, almost killing the Phoenix King, but redirecting it the last minute into the empty air. This move of compassion on Aang's part, changing the pace of the battle and once again putting the Phoenix King on top. Finally, Ozai has him cornered, blasting him repeatedly with flames, with Aang concealed inside a ball of rock, barely staving off the final blows. And that's how we end Into the Inferno. Caleb, who wrote this episode and who directed this episode? Oh boy, this is, uh, it's written by our, our pair of buds, the, the creators of the program, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Knitsko, together again uh, behind the script, which I don't know if they've really done that too much during this whole series, maybe only a couple, a handful of episodes. I believe Michael's been writing more than Brian has, I think, because Brian's been yeah. more involved in the arts direction. Not that Brian has, or Michael hasn't either. But uh, yeah, Mike did, I think, episode eight in book one. Um, I guess Avatar Roku or the Winter Solstice. Um, so, and then other one, I think he also did the opening of book two, chapter one. Uh, the Avatar State, so and then plenty of other ones as well. So I think he also did Day of the Black Sun Part One. Anyway, mm. sorry, sorry, <laughs> uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, oh, and uh, the director was was our old pal Joaquin De Santos back again, and this may be his final one. I actually don't know who directed the last episode. Maybe I'll quickly check. I do know who directed Twenty One, but this is Twenty, so we'll uh, keep it at that. But um, of course, oh, okay, sure. Animation <laughs> services provided by good old JM Animation. Um, now I, I do quickly, like, this is, this is hilarious. I do, I do quickly just want to say one thing before we begin this. Hmm. And I only just found this out like literally recently. Sure. I don't know if you know about this, but it came to my attention. There's a, there's a, I don't know if people have been commenting on this the whole time, but it's like right when we get to the end of this whole thing, um, not the whole series itself, but like, I guess, yeah, this, this series, because we'll, we'll do horror later, but, um, there's another podcast covering Avatar. Nothing wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's the set of circumstances and the details as to why I bring this up. For you see, apparently, the title of that one is called, uh, I believe, I think it's Avatar or whatever. I don't know if it's subtitled, but it's something braving the elements. Oh, yes, I do know of this podcast, yes. Yep. Okay, okay, what do you know of it, if I may ask? 
I've listened to one or two episodes. Um, ah, okay. Perhaps I'll listen to them now after having finished this series, but I intentionally did not listen to any of the many Avatar. At least I know there's a couple Avatar podcasts. Yeah, just in fear of, uh, you know, wanting to keep my opinions from referencing other podcasts or anything like that. Oh, certainly. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, but I did know about the similar similar title. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's good. So I, uh, how long have you known about this one? Um, I think I've sometime like maybe halfway through doing during book one i knew it i joined some avatar uh, facebook groups and yeah every now and again they would post about podcasts and yeah that's how i found out a couple of them it's just that one significant because it has janet varley or varney excuse me uh the voice of cora and i believe um dante bosco the voice of zuko uh i don't know if they're leading that or if they're at least you know they were initially leading that in i guess was it fourth quarter 2021 that's kind of funny that we like started earlier but also didn't very weird but even still i i just find that pretty hilarious you're saying they they started around the same time we did or was that what you're saying yeah i I believe they did okay for some reason i thought that they may may be an older podcast but I don't think so, because I looked it on, like, it was just randomly when I was on the wiki one day, and then I saw it, and then I went to an actual news article that was, I'm pretty sure it was legit, and said it was, like, coming out in November 2021, or whatever it was. Hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, what? The similar, like, co- like not a co- or the similar title was, like, what kind of got me attracted to it. I was like, what the hey? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but was, was there anything more to uh, say about them? No, it's just like, I guess, yeah, go give it a listen. Of course I, yeah, I guess yeah. I'll probably also, I haven't listened to it at all because I, I didn't know about it and they probably do a lot more like insider information and they'll bring in people who worked on the show. So, you know, whereas we have nobody but ourselves. So, eh, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Sorry about that. Like quick, um, derailments uh i didn't mean to go off on the side tangent it was just something that i meant to bring up like these past few episodes i just wanted to make clear like yes i'm aware of that um but i would i would recommend everybody go uh watch uh sf debris reviews of the avatar books because i think uh they're very well done by him even though they're they're a bit of older uh from like 10 years ago but you know i think that's just they're they're cool ones i didn't watch them all for this purpose but anyway on to the episode now. Sure. Yeah, so I guess, should we do the, I don't know if we're still doing the hit play in 3, 2, 1 thing. Well, but... that's always happening. So get your, oh, boy. yeah, <laughs> bear with us, of course, as usual. Uh, this is a scuffed setup this time around. Um, get your legal, digital, physical, uh, legal or legal, excuse me, copies of this in front of you at a certain timestamp of some sorts. Uh, for us, we still don't have no Whistler Sun, which is very sad. I'm at if you're you know watching the the movie, basically the you know so I guess the the Susan's Comet like movie. Um, I'm at forty five forty seven. Yep, and I am now pressing play at this exact moment. Oh, you are? Well, I just did as well. <laughs> I think you could like outpace me? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, again, I don't know how long we're gonna hold on to this, but oh boy, when we open up. Do we immediately recognize the the great work of JM animation with wow. some beautiful cloud work? <laughs> and then a fireball like hailing from the heavens. Yeah, but it just the the animation quality alone, I feel like carries a more epic quality to this. And you could be like, oh wow. I feel like we're rounding out to the the big finale. 
<laughs> you definitely say that, but Red Skies, take warning. It's um, yeah, it's it's a DC crisis. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a reference to pull out, but all I could think of was uh, oh no, it's uh, it's uh, it's Zod from from Smallville season nine. But <laughs> did they have a Red Sky in that as well? Yeah, they did, yeah. But how stupid that that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. <laughs> uh, but um. But yeah, take it away. What, what do we see here? Uh, so we see uh, again incoming warning. There's going to be a lot of gushing. I I apologize or whatnot, mm. but I just uh, this some of this stuff is really good uh, when it comes to like you know the animation and the art direction and the and all the colors as well. The color palette they decide to choose, um, it's great. Uh, so anyway, we just we we quickly see uh, on Appa back of Appa going towards some place it's Katara and Zuko and they're off to um, deal with Azula as she is uh, I guess unnotes to them they well I guess yeah I guess Uncle Iroh mentioned in the previous episode that she's about to be Fire Lord and that could have negative consequences because she's I don't know she's, she's she has a negative viewpoint on on things so we, we can't let her be Fire Lord <laughs> well that's that's certainly fair she uh, very quickly into the Fire Lord ship it seems like uh, maybe this, maybe she's not cut out for it. Maybe something, something broken that 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 brain of hers. And we'll definitely explore more of that as we go along. And I and I appreciate that. I, I like getting a more Azula focused episode because we really haven't had too many of them. I mean, she's certainly popped up a lot, but the one that really puts her as a central character doesn't happen too often. Yeah, I don't know what it would have looked like. Uh, we could have done something like that, of course. Um, but again, like to see, like to see what her daily routine is. Almost like day in life is a, like it's almost like we need a tales from the fire, the Fire Nation capital, um, where we see like Tylee, my um, uh, Azula, maybe even the Fire Lord and somebody else uh, in their daily routine um, during. I guess that would be kind of funny. Yeah, I mean her, her berating this, this, this. I was gonna say peon. What, what do you, uh, I guess, servant. Yeah, <laughs> servant. Her braiding this servant about leaving a, a pit in the cherry. Like, is that, uh, is that unusual for Azula? That seems up her, up her alley for a daily occurrence. Maybe not the banishing routine, but. Uh... <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess she's getting a little anal retentive. So I suppose, especially since it's the day of her coronation. So I, even so, it's a little bit like, okay, so you had a pit in the cherry. I, that happens to me all the time when we get cherries and well she as we see as the episode goes on she's getting paranoid about uh, about threats coming her way people maybe trying to cut her down or or take her out of the picture she's starting to get fears so who knows maybe that that pit was uh, meant to uh yeah end her reign before it begins jeez some <laughs> lady macbeth here <laughs> but i guess uh i guess moving away from that scene a little bit unless you have more to say for it um, very demanding of her servants to make her look, you know, absolutely fabulous and spotless. Oh yeah, I guess I did kind of like the the foot hygiene thing. Oh, we we couldn't have her her very special day ruined by by poor foot hygiene, as if that would uh, maybe when the people are bowing at her feet, if they're like, oh no, her feet smell, then maybe they'll just you know get off at the wrong wrong foot, literally. And once again, uh, that is uh, that scene. By the way, was one of uh, Quentin Tarantino's favorite scenes. Oh <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We won't explain that joke for our, our younger uh, listeners. Find out uh, 
from your own devices. And uh, do you remember that time when uh, back way back in, I think, uh, what is it? Episode two, whatever the fire nation school uh, or the headband. There we go. When Toph, <laughs> you know, ripped that shoe off. Yep. That was also one of his favorite scenes. Yeah. Check out his podcast too. And he'll be, he'll his own avatar podcast. And we discussed, wait, what? There. He has an avatar podcast. What the <laughs> heck? Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure no. somebody's probably written an AI script of him, like having a podcast about avatar. He does have a movie podcast, and I listened to the first few episodes. It was it was fun. Oh, it was with uh, Roger Avery, his his old uh, collaborator that used ah. to work in a video store together. Yeah, okay. And so they were kind of yeah covering more B movie stuff, like going back to their roots. It was a fun podcast. I I wish I go back to it more. Very <laughs> nice. Is it still ongoing, or did they uh, did they uh, end it? I listened to it when they only had three episodes out, and I've not listened or looked into it since. So I don't know if it's continued, but. Fair enough. Anyways, yeah. sorry. Back to back to the episode. Uh, we then cut away from uh, nitpicky Azula uh, over to I uh, wonderful, oh my gosh. wonderful shot. I'm I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm I'm so so sorry. It's gorgeous. We have to we have to gush. I just I I have to gush there. Yeah, and it's it's a moment like this when we see this beautiful. Uh, I forget what these guys are called, like uh, these lizard steeds that they have. It's different from the ones I think I'm, I was incorrect. It was different from the ones that was in the chase. Uh, I think this is like a more of a. No, no, it's not man. Maybe Komodo dragon almost. Uh, just because of the long neck, but yeah, it's a very majestic beast. By the way, I definitely uh, love that. But I'm trying to okay. But you see the budget they have in this episode overall, and it just makes you wonder with this team from this this specific time what they could have done with some bigger budget animated movies. Like, I feel like they could have been putting out some really, really cool stuff. You basically see my point as to why I was not impressed with, um, the last airbender back in 2010 and be like, yeah, why did we have to go live action? Obviously since then I've enjoyed the, the last airbender, but anyways, at 40, 47 for, for us, pardon us for, for me, 47, 50, uh, just that light from the comet background yeah. with the water and everything. Ooh, sorry with the noises, but like yes, <laughs> that's uh... and I do like that. Even uh, is it Suki who's like, oh, it's so pretty, you know? It, it's and then Toss like it's too bad that the Fire Lord's about to use this to destroy the world. I'll rate them for what they said. Yeah, because it it really is just just beautiful. Um, one moment after they get onto shore, because they're again they're going towards the fire navy, I believe. I'm just calling them the fire navy by this point, even if they're in airships. I guess it'd be the fire air force, but I'm just calling them the navy because they're still in ships. Um, I like the little moment at 4807 where uh their little steed uh they they beach they get on the beach and then they walk off and the steed just looks up. I, I don't know. I just like that little moment there. I like it too. Yeah. So they they. They, they make landfall, the three of them, and they approach the fire fleet as it's beginning to take to the take to the skies. And some, some decent use of CGI here. I think it uh, blends well enough. Yeah, when they when they first like show up and they well, first show up, but when they start to when they lift off, uh, it's kind of intimidating. I will I fully admit, especially like the, yeah. the, the, the head of the fleets, literally like, you know, the, the the Phoenix Lord. I was almost about to say the fire lord, but the Phoenix Lords or Phoenix Kings, the Phoenix Kings um, airship. It's kind of intimidating with the, the way it looks. Yeah, against that that red background. Yeah, no, there's there's an air of 
know, things have been serious before, but now we're reaching a point of no return. If if the fire the Fire Nation proceeds forward without any sort of uh, holding them back, yeah, it's it's doomsday for the rest of the the world. Yeah, this is just the first generation of these helicarriers. I mean, you know, uh, dirigibles. So imagine what's gonna, what it's going to look like if they continue to pour, you know, funding and research and development into these things. That spells disaster. Yeah, that's an aspect that I don't know how much we've we've highlighted. We've talked about it, of course. We've talked about everything in this series. Uh, but I do like the fact that we've kind of seen them progressing towards the next state of their their war, the technological advancement. And so now seeing that the fleet is all ready to go for a very brutal attack, I like to see the uh, the culmination of those things that were kind of quietly developing in the background. Oh yeah, since since um, was it the Northern Air Temple? That was where, where you know the War Minister like you know first stole the plans or the actual war balloon uh, from the Mechanists, and then it was subtly in the background being worked on. And we thought the ultimate weapon of theirs was going to be the drill. And yep. still could be for pit sakes, but then they, it's not subversion, but they then revealed, nope, it was this, it was this all along. It was a, it was a great, it was perfect. It was a great setup for that. And they, they, they played the long game. Um, I could see maybe some people being annoyed saying like, ah, I don't know if like they could get like dirigibles of this size immediately from, you know, just the war balloon, but eh, I could sort of see it with the military industrial complex. Yeah. It's, they've been getting bigger and bigger in their, um, what's the word, uh, their arrogance or their, um, I'm not sure, their their confidence in this tech. Ambition? Yeah, ambition. Imagination, creativity, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> now they're using that ambition to pursue the the task of completely wiping out the Earth Nation. Just a, a genocide. Oh, we'll certainly see how they're going to do that, but it's almost <sighs> like they could only do that with like the comet, but it was the perfect, it actually is like the perfect plan for them. Uh, yeah. to do so but uh anyways uh yeah. they take off and you know top's like all right where where exactly are they and saga's like oh you know they're up there and then she launches both uh all three of them into the air <laughs> yeah a little spot of fun and a more intense moment and again we get some much more bold and um yeah bigger cgi shots here and again it's still it's still working it's still working you can tell they had a big budget for this finale like forty eight thirty nine to like, I'm still I'm going with it in real time. I have to just like we see a shot and then we see like all about twelve or so ships. We go to the head of the ship uh, or the head one, and we just see the fire lord there with his arms crossed. Like, what a one take! That was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can feel the. Uh, I don't know if you'd say it was direction or or just great storyboarding, but um. Yeah, a lot of really epic shots throughout this this whole episode. And that's one of the first really great ones. No doubt about that. So, yeah, I really do hope that everybody at Jan, even Moy as well, by the way, even, even Moy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody, and, and DR movie. And DR. I hope yeah. ev- everybody, like, in, in all those, in, behind all those, it's been years, obviously, but I hope every single animator in between or colorist, whatever, whoever you are, uh, put this on the resume because man like the, oh uh, yeah your work is showing on screen and it is amazing it is like your hard work pays off it's so beautiful thank you for doing this guys thank you very much absolutely but let's save all these things for the series overview totally, totally. <laughs> sorry i'm getting ahead of myself there <laughs> yeah so 
yeah, we have to head back to the fire capital, the fire nation, I guess, uh, kingdom, uh, palace. I don't know. <laughs> the throne room, the fire, the throne, throne room. room. Thank you. And Azula, she's, she's bringing in the ranks. She's like, okay, where's those Daili? They were, uh, they helped me out with my, my little takeover of, uh, a bossing say, but mm, now I'm starting to think if they're willing to betray the Earth King, I don't know. Maybe they'd be willing to betray me too. I like how she's even got her her throne like surrounded by a barrier of fire. She's so worried about her her safety here. So well, that was no, that was always a thing though. Like the the barrier fire was there with with Ozai. Well, I thought I didn't think it was a barrier fire. I thought he had fire just like around all over the place, but it wasn't completely surrounding him. He probably did. Well, maybe it was in the background, but maybe, yeah, it's yeah. now in front of the throne. Um, but I love the fact that she, you know, changed it to blue. That's yeah. like amazing. Yeah. And it's a good setup for the, the fight later as to why she sticks with the blue flames. Well, I mean, she's always been able to do blue flames. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because she does like an infusion with electricity. Do you think that's what it's supposed to be? Um, I think the in-universe explanation, now I am going off a bit of the wiki, but I'm pretty sure the wiki's oh, not no. making it Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> I, I believe the explanation, and I think the Avatar extras also have this, but they aren't in the freaking disc, I wish they were. Um, mm. I believe the explanation is that, I, I think, I believe if you recall way back during uh, Zuko alone, but when we saw the flashback, I believe when Zula was, ah, did she demonstrate and have fire? If she did, she, it was normal, reg, regular red fire. Uh, I believe you achieve blue fire after a lot of mastery. Like it's another form of mastery in a way uh, because it's like blue flame, when, when it comes to like the spectrum blue uh, actually blow, glows a lot hot or is a lot hotter than red. Fire. For instance, like a blue sun against the mm. red sun or yellow sun, excuse me. Or yeah, red sun as well. Okay. That's interesting. So it's, it's either a talent that she has, or it's a status again. It's where like a firebender can achieve that kind of uh, technique. It just takes a lot of practice, obviously, and dedication. So I assume, and that's a that's an actual like I guess good thing for a character to show like uh, how in control she is. But in this case, I wonder if she doesn't have a lot of control here. I wonder. I would kind of wish that it wasn't blue anymore. Well, it maybe she's she's so on guard. Like I said, she's she's surrounded herself by the flame. She doesn't have any sort of advisors or anyone around. We already saw her banishing some some housemaids. And now she's going after the Dai Li for not just their their past betrayals towards the Earth King, but also their tardiness. She's like, oh, you're five minutes late. Well, now I don't know if I can trust you to, uh, to show up for a battle. What if you're five minutes late then, too? So wow. very, <laughs> very tardy. And still snippy, though, when she's like, see the uh, next group uh, in, please. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the next wow. group to banish. Just like, yeah, no hard feelings, just uh, efficiency. I don't want to get up out of the throne in case somebody comes and kills me. Yeah. So uh, I guess, yeah, let's move past that as we return to the fire fleet. It's as they're all heading off yeah, towards their devastation. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. Of the earth nation or the earth kingdom, excuse me. And we cut inside to a really, really cool scene. Uh, so oh, we get yeah. on, we get into the bridge, I believe, or the deck, excuse me, and you know we get a knock on the door, knock knock, uh, by a good old Toph because Sokka and Suki, uh, they hang back because it's about to get a little flaunt, like there's a lot of like flames going everywhere, and this is some enhanced fire that we're going to be dealing with. 
which is really nice. Um, and so she knocks on the door, falls down. I am Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, and and this is a super cool scene. It shows her her mastery of the metal bending at this point. Like she just kicks down the door and then immediately forms into like a battle suit, and then just yeah tears these guys apart. It's well not that violent, but but I mean she she tackles them very easily. I think was 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 quite cool. Almost, almost in a way. Um, I, I like what uh, in the commentary the break them they said that um. Sifu uh, Manuel Rodriguez, who has this, you know, praying mantis style that he uh, was using as a reference for Toph. He brought his son in and they did some really like cool, wicked moves that nobody had like seen before. They hadn't used in the show before. So it was like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. So they got the chance to finally at least use it if this was the last time they uh, ever got to use it. So it was very, very nice. Thank you, one uh, Sifu Manuel Rodriguez. That was very uh, gracious, gracious of you. And yeah, she like wipes the floor with these guys. Even if they have like this enhanced fire, I wonder if she would have like sweated her head off if she got blasted with the the fire there. But hey, <laughs> she almost broke. I think she broke that guy's arm. <laughs> oh yeah, she was yeah whipping him. Um, and then Sokka comes up with a good idea because Suki's like, okay, like what do we do with the rest of the crew? And he's like, hey, leave it to me and my big brain. And so he gets onto the horn and announces to the crew that, oh, everyone needs to come and meet in the uh, the Bombay. Uh, where's the, the, the Bombay doors thing with uh, from 2001? <laughs> well, it's uh, the guy named Hal's near the near, there you go. <laughs> near the control panel there. But hey, I guess, are you not going to mention the obligatory blind joke number whatever where he's like, uh, take the wheel. And it's like, sure, let the blind girl like take uh, take control of the ship. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm skipping past those blind jokes. We don't want to get yeah. canceled. Yeah, we're almost to the end, so we don't we don't avoid cancellation. I thought we were already canceled, but anyway. <laughs> um, and so he he calls all the crew to the the Bombay's, and he's like, "Oh, you know, it's it's uh, it's somebody's birthday. Everyone come there, and we'll get a special uh, a birthday surprise. It's somebody's birthday. Happy birthday! That's awesome. Let's go. That's in the middle of this entire, you know, annihilation of the Earth Kingdom. It's still somebody's birthday. We have the decency to do that. What a nice guy, the captain there. Yeah. What? How do you feel about this little comedy, uh, little side trail here, and in some levity? Well, I mean, hey, do you think it's out of place? Unlike you know the previous thing we had just recorded. I do. I do think it's a little out of place. Really? Okay. Fair enough. I feel like this is the last like bit of comedy before. Uh, everything goes up in, in, in flames or at least go, goes, goes like pants up. Yeah. So I'm not saying I dislike it. I do feel like they're trying to squeeze in some levity before, you know, things take a, a real deep dive into some, some heavy stuff, uh, but it does feel a little bit shoehorned in, I think. <laughs> do you also like the fact that it, what's even more shoehorned is that we hear some, uh, fellow buds who sound very familiar and who may or may not have created the show, uh, talking to, to each other with small talk. Oh, I did not know this. It's been quite a while since I listened to a commentary. It may have been since book one, since the last time I listened to one of the commentaries. Uh, you so. really should, man. They're they're pretty they're pretty good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the both of them, uh, the pair there, they're uh, they're they're voicing these guys. So I, I don't think it was because they wanted to like get one and get in there one last time. But I think I think they just oh, wanted that's... like a moment of comedy for sake. And they're just like, ah, we'll just voice them. Why not? Um, no, that's fun. I like that. Well, but even still, the thing is, though, as people may have pointed out, some of these guys are wearing a lot of heavy, like, uh, equipment and or, like, armor. Mm-hmm. And they're in the water. I'll let you guys fill in the blanks. 
Yeah, a bunch of them drowned. A bunch of them sure never knew how to swim. They're from the Fire Nation. They probably dislike water, you know. <laughs> Could you imagine that where they like hate every single element? Uh, they're just like, we cannot, you know, stand on Earth. We can't breathe in air. We can't go in the water or bathe ourselves or drink water. Hopefully that works out for you guys. Just take in solar energy. Yeah, and let's not forget, we have seen that there are apparently giant, uh, like, sea-like serpents, or sea serpents, Yep. that hang around, so who knows, maybe the guys that were swimming to the shore, yeah, they met another sort of unfortunate end. <laughs> I think this is the sea, but yeah, fair, fair, fair. Oh, I guess I just to make the obligatory joke, photosynthesis, photosynthesis, anyway. Um, so we see, so they, they get dunked uh, as if they were in... <laughs> They were in like a Nickelodeon kids show game or game show, excuse me. Uh, thankfully not with the slime, but uh, we then cut to, you know, yeah, the, the, back in the bridge where we see the fire Lord or the Phoenix Kings uh, flagship uh, you know, going ahead uh, of the rest of the fleet. And is, uh, yeah, Sokka's like, we're not going to make it. This is, uh, or well, he's about to say that. And well, yeah, they don't make it. Yeah. And when we cut back to the, uh, the throne room with Azula, I love the the work that they've done with the animation for. She's starting to look more haggard. You can tell the stress is really getting to her. She's she's starting to starting to lose it internally a little bit. And yeah, a couple of the the pair of old uh, old creeps, the pair of prunes, show up. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't call them the pair of prunes. <laughs> more ageism coming out. <laughs> uh, snap, crackle, pop sisters show back up once again. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> this is this is bad. We're canceled. Um, I think lonely. Uh, they show up again. It's been a while, actually. It's been since uh, the beach. Yeah, since yeah. we last saw them. Um, and you know, they both. They, you know, there's advisors, I guess, to Azula. They they both, you know, are just like yeah, we're concerned for your safety, your well being. Yep, and Azula probably rightfully suspects that. Did my father send you for this? Like, is he? Is he still looking over my shoulder, even though I'm supposedly going to be the Fire Lord now? And uh, yeah, they they do their weird little talking in unison thing and say, oh, no, we're just concerned for you. But I love the way that they light all three of them in this scene. I think the way that they uh, they reflect from the, the brightness of the flames just looks so cool. Such a great scene. Yeah, no, it's even... Even with it being a different color of, of blue, uh, it's they 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 adjusted to the correct coloring uh, for the lighting. I, I I definitely like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's going off. She's getting real arrogant. She's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna be the greatest fire lord in in the history of our nation, and and they're like, oh yeah, you know, that's that's probably true, but. Uh, like maybe today isn't uh, the right day for you. Uh, let's let's talk about maybe postponing that that coronation for you until you uh you know get your head back on right and she's she's already like you know saying she'll be the greatest it's only not even day one <laughs> she hasn't even been it's like uh day 0. 0.1 cause she hasn't even been crowned yet could you imagine she's still saying that by day five <laughs> she's like i will be the greatest like you know fire lord and ever it's day five <laughs> and she's she's seeming to fixate a little bit on the past because she's like uh she's like okay like you guys you know you you seem like you're doubting me well, and they both point to the other like, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was the other one that doubted. <laughs> and so she's like, OK, I'm ordering you to fight an Agni Kai duel to, to sort out who's the uh, the one that I dislike at this moment. 5320. Sorry, I just got to point that out there for everybody who thought that these two were firebenders. Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah. 
So turns out they never were. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I I guess it was just their disciplined people instead. Like they um they're good at I guess uh getting people to be disciplined. Like they were I I kind of stop saying this, but like her disciplinary teachers. Yeah, because like because uh, you know they they were there to control like um, not not control her, but like uh, they were there to teach her to control her emotions, especially when we first saw her or saw them all in book one. Uh, not book, sorry, book two, episode one, uh, the Avatar State with her demonstrating lightning. So uh, I guess yeah, they're just there to focus on her being controlled. Yeah, what do you think about the? Uh, I mean, maybe I should save it for later, but I start to wonder with her obsession with Agni Kai in this, if not only is she thinking about uh, certain betrayals among her friends and kind of uh, projecting that onto everyone else around her, but maybe her fixating on the Agni Kai thing comes down to uh, some things that happened in the past with her family there. I mean, is she worried that a citizen's going to come up to her and be like, I'm challenging you to a Agni Kai duel? Uh, to become, you know, Fire Lord. I don't know about that. And she's worried about, oh, here's my dad looking over my shoulder. Maybe she's worried about uh, certain betrayal from him, too. I guess she already kind of felt betrayed that she was left out of his big, uh, the plan that she claims to have put forward of eradicating the, the Earth Nation. Yeah, this, this scheme of hers there, he's, she's <laughs> not exactly... Uh... Yeah, happy over that. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, no, the fact of betrayal from her, at least in her eyes, from her father, and then from both Mai and Ty Lee. Yeah, that definitely is. I don't know why Agni Kai is coming up, but, uh, well, that's, uh, that's for a setup, of course. There you go. Yeah, we get a little bit more CGI action here as we see some of their little tanks, uh, roll into, roll to the gates. Of, uh, so well, okay. So yeah, we're in Bossing Say. Sure. Sorry, we gotta <laughs> we have to. Yeah, I was about to say the gates of Bossing Say. <laughs> um. So I, I guess here's my question, not to nitpick. How did they know, like? How do they know? Uh, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, order of the Pie Show players were coming. Um. Well, I'm sure they have. Uh, you know, eyeglasses, so they're probably <laughs> looking through their little lenses too. Uh... I suppose so. They're like, hey, what's yeah, what's that over there? As they use their like mono, uh, monoscope or something like that. Like, hey, what's that over yeah, there? What's that? Uh, I feel like I see a glittering flag. What's that? Oh, there's two flags now. Oh, there's there's five old men. What, what are they what doing the there? Heck? Not twelve angry men. What the <laughs> heck? Isn't one of them that traitor, uh, uh, Iro, General Iro? Wait, there's another traitor. There's a second traitor. It's Zhang Zhang. Yeah, what we didn't see is when they rolled up the tanks, they also put like five pikes right by the door. Oh. Like, okay, this is where we're going to put the heads when we're done. Is that too much? <laughs> eh, no, I think, I think it's okay. Uh, and lo, a sight to be seen by all those able to perceive sensation by any means. Through the sheer will and a series of breaths, a ball of fire that could rival the power of the comet present in the atmosphere conjures into reality, his eyes set towards his objective. Use this amplified power from the celestial object to break the reign of his former homeland in this occupied land, returning it to the hands of the locals and venturing back to the Teve spot he earned with his hard work and dedication. That was my speech about like what I was about to do. Uh, but yeah, we see the pie, they order the pie show players. Um, yeah, outside the walls of Jericho. Uh, and, you know, we're about, you know, we, we see uh, both, you know, a few of them make speeches and whatnot about to blast to victory. They're, they're about to like, you know, blow the, the actual horns down, even though they didn't cry, didn't go around 
uh, the walls six times a day. Or maybe they did. We don't. We have no idea. Oh, but it's around no. six times. Or not six times. We go around the wall once uh, in six days. But each day. Um, we then see something happen. Something uh, a little bit epic uh, when it comes to a certain person with bre- uh, breathing. And going back to a uh, certain, the, the first lesson, at least the first lesson that we ever, you know, saw him teach to uh, to Azuko. <laughs> Azuko. <laughs> uh, a Zuko, yes, exactly. I guess the Zuko, but even still. Uh, a, a former version of Zuko, let's put it that way. One who was a little bit impatient and whatnot about mm. breath control. And I love, by the way, at 5407. Do you remember the uh, power scaling readout in Akira where, you know, kind of started to like, you know, oh my it, gosh. it was CGI and it was like moving on like in, in the doctor's little like command center there. Yeah, that's what like the ring of fire or whatever he has around the little pillar. That's what it looks like to me. I was like, oh, my goodness. Is that a reference to Akira? No, that's fair. I can see it. And how could I forget? There's one of the most epic moments in that movie. Uh, at least for me personally, I, I feel is some of the scenes with that near the end when they're like, oh, my God, we've never seen anything like this before. And they're just like <laughs> selling how colossal it is. And some of that stuff's incredible. Scene is. <laughs> oh, it is, man. And you know, I got to say, sorry, but some of the animation that we're going about to see is almost uh, it's not rival that, but it definitely is getting me in the feels of that. Some good stuff, definitely. Uh, some good stuff. So we we we, we, we like we charge. Um, we we break through the the gates. Um, the the man, the myth, the legend himself, who is who is his greatest downfall was that of not being able to breach the walls of Bossing Say. Here today he stands, blasting through. He has broken the walls. He's going in. Yep, and he's bringing some some other benders with him, and we get. Another cool, really cool, I'll say, bending battle. I love to see the uh, all the different ways that they they utilize the bending throughout this whole episode, and this is just so cool. And not just that, but also uh, potentially non-bending swordsmanship. Yeah, and I feel like they're hyper accentuating. Uh, they've been doing a little bit more lately, but particularly in these the, this this episode here, the uh, flying abilities with the uh, the firebenders. Like we see uh, Zhang Zhang flying over the city and he's just kind of hovering up there with his little fire beam under him. And I was like, ah, oh, that, that seems a little bit different than how they portrayed the, like, I feel like there's a element of propul- propulsion, like you can spring yourself forward, but I usually don't see just like hovering with the fire bending like we see here. Now, this is where I believe the uh, comet comes in. Hmm. I think because of the comet's presence, they are able to self-propel themselves in the air uh, with fire. I think, think in fact, Zhang Zhang is a good example of a setup as well. We're going to see later on, but mm-hmm. yeah, just him, like him having control of the air uh, and him having mastered, I guess, his his forms and disciplines of firebending shows again the whole defensive thing. He it goes back to uh, the deserter where he always was creating walls of fire. Now he's literally creating walls of fire that can push back tanks. That's so cool. It's like, you think it could like singe the tanks and melt them for pit sakes. But again, this is a kid show or at least, you know, family show. So we can't go that far with it. But like, man, is it great? Like, holy smoke. Like, I, th- I think the one cool thing as well that I, I noticed through this episode, and we'll go in through it as well again. Sure. We'll, get, we'll, we'll keep going through it. They're they're holding the camera back. 
they're pulling the camera yep. back and showing these like insane moves, like these awesome, like ostentatious displays of, of bending that before I'm not saying like we had it always up close, but like there's barely any shaky cam. There's barely, barely any like yep. camera tricks. It's just all like, especially when like Piandao and Paku came in and like, you know, he froze them all or he froze them all with that waterfall. And then we had Piandao like go in sliding around and, like disabling them of their weapons it was all like one smooth shot almost i mean it was a little bit quick i get that but it was oh it still all worked yeah instead of going for like intimacy which they usually do the shaky cam and the close-up stuff for this is just more for epic scale it's all pulled back and by the way i love uh master paku pulling out some like frozone moves with the wave and then freezing the wave oh yeah so cool no that is a that is a shout out to our our man and our butt himself like that like yeah. that is like almost straight out of the incredibles <laughs> um and yeah after zhang zhang it's a little weird where there, there may be a little bit of continuity where it's like he blasts some of them the tanks back it seems like the tanks remain in place but then we clearly see like in a i think it was what shot was that i think it's at like 55 uh 14 where like all the tanks are you know <laughs> kind of like clumped together in the back <laughs> they're all just like malfunctioning the poor people in them are still driving forward <laughs> i assume that when we saw the you know shot of him in the air and we saw like the four corners or whatever it was i'm assuming that suspension disbelief we have to believe that all the tanks were pushed back but they just didn't have enough time to animate that or tell us that i don't know i could be wrong with that hey who knows how many tanks there were <laughs> i mean yeah hey i i'm not gonna complain because the amount of animation that took to make this happen like i get it like it's, it makes sense but that brief moment of you know awesomeness uh we we, we cut we cut away we, we, we cut away which mm -hmm. is good leave us wanting more what what our appetite that's the point we go back to the uh capital city of the fire nation yeah and in now i'm thinking about it because I guess really Azula is almost the main character of this episode. She's definitely the one that we see the most and kind of see into their head the most. And that's definitely a first for this, this series, I think. Yeah, no, this is the first time other than and maybe not even in a, what do you call it? In the beach uh, where, yeah, she is kind of looked at from her perspective, like the POV is kind of on her, like the rest of the characters, you know, they're having their moments or whatnot, but like if we're getting character stuff, uh, that is with her. Yeah, this is with her her breakdown, uh, her her mental collapse. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I even when when Azula was betrayed prior by uh, by May and 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 Ty Lee, you know, I felt for her in that moment a little bit. But seeing her her breakdown here, it's like, oh man, to see someone who was so confident and so strong, it just uh, broke into this kind of pathetic place. Like even doing her hair is too much for it. It's too much stress to the point that she's like, oh, even my hair is against me. I've got to cut it off. And it's like, oh man, that's just sad. As the creators mentioned to us uh, in the commentary, hair for her was a very important thing because remember hair in her first episode, in her first introduction, excuse me. Okay, book, book two introduction, excuse me, not in the end of book one, but in her introduction in book one or two, excuse me, um, the whole thing about her having a hair, even though she did the demonstration of the technique perfectly, mm. one hair was out of place. And now all of her hair is out of place. And so what does she do at 55, 34? Cuts it off. Yeah. And this is this is kind of the the strand that that breaks the camel's back. Like her cutting this is kind of the the end 
of her her strength and she's fully entered that broken space and to, to signify that she gets an image of someone who at least up until this point in this, the series we've kind of gotten the impression that she disdains but she sees her mother staring back at her in the mirror ursa returns in the flesh yeah and we see another side of her we we always got the impression that like her dad she looked down on zuko and her mom as being the weak ones but i kind of wonder if maybe the obsession with the agni kai now is her remembering what happened to zuko and his failures and now she's reaching back to another part of zuko which the mom you know is always kind of linked together with him and so now she's yeah looking back at her and yeah, I, I really like this moment a lot. I think this is one of the best in the episode. We've we've seen Zuko angry. We've seen him broken. We've seen him at his lowest point. He has bounced back from that. Yeah. After getting like knocked upside the head, of course, um, and and learning from from his mistakes and whatnot. We've we've seen that like you know him break down, right? Yeah. This is a person who has been in control her entire life and who is always 12 steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And she says that she has no weaknesses, no limitations. Unfortunately, she does. <laughs> and because everything is not to her liking, because not everything is in her control, everything breaks down, including herself. Yeah, and maybe with, with someone like Zuko who had failed his whole life <laughs> you know he had the uh he had the space to live in that failure but her she hasn't even failed yet i guess she's just nervous about oh i felt rejected i felt like i was treated like zuko by my dad uh by not allowing me to, to go along with him in this this journey and now i've got the pressure of this of the, the fire lordship coming onto my shoulders what if i fail there what if people betray me like my friends did yeah just the potential for failure it's making her so shaken. And then when her mom's there, you know, the mom's like, oh, how could I miss the day of your, my own daughter's coronation? And she's like, don't act proud of me. I always knew that you thought I was a monster. So yeah, it's, it's showing some different shades of her. And yeah, I, I really like that. Remember that as Ursa does, like, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> not, not going with unreliable narrator, uh, Ursa did say in the flashback of Zuko alone, it's like, what is with that lady? Or what is with her? Or that child or whatever. So she's, so even deep down, despite a lot of the negative aspects of the Fire Nation and the, I guess, Royal Line ending up in Azula, if this image or if this projection, this person that she sees uh, is to be believed, even she still loves her deep down, still as a mother. Yeah, And remember, to add to what you said earlier as well, Zuko was lucky to be born whereas azula was born lucky at least according to zuko <laughs> so it looks like all that mis mis those misdeeds all that mischievous nature all those schemes all that you know, just all those lies and deceptions finally catch up to her and what does she do with all that when the truth comes right looking at her in her face throws a comb into the mirror yeah, but to to go into the exchange a little bit more, yeah, I like that. Um, I like that her mom is like the symbol of like the the tiny sliver of good that's still in her, because of course it's just her projection of what her mom was, even though she purported to disdain her. 
she still imagines a mom that would, uh, or at least she projects a mom that would still see something in her and, you know, would recognize the flaws, but not treat her as broken or, or wrong, but just confused. Still giving her that op- that option to be better. And so maybe that's, that's in her. Maybe she, you know, she's pr- portrayed herself as thinking that she was in the right all this time. And maybe even she knew, like, yeah, what I, what I am is is wrong. And maybe being so steely was just a way to cover up that she was, in a way, disgusted by herself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can see that where um, it is a projection of what, a fantasy. She wants that, that version of her mother that does love her. And even in that fantasy, you probably just already said this. I'm sorry. It's okay. But even that fantasy, she still denied. Like she, st- she cannot believe it. She's like, nope, you're a liar. Yeah. It's like even she's like, you know, against her own fantasy. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, yeah. She's got some six degrees of inner turbulence right there. Yeah. And I love the symbol of the, the broken mirror that she's still in because she's so broken. Like, I think that's just is, is great in its own. And you and you can see that Ursa's image is still kind of in there before the last, like, major piece breaks, eh? Yeah, and then she just, she ends that scene by, yeah, just breaking down into tears. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's something. <laughs> uh, should I break out the world's tiniest violin? <laughs> I don't think so in this case. This is uh, the audience tears up with her <laughs> kind of scene. Well... Yes and no, because I mean she's done a lot of bad stuff, man. I I I can I get it, but it's like ah, man, she does some bad stuff. This is kind of all on her. Yeah, and that that's what I like, and what I also wish that we would have seen more of. Because do you think it was the the smart choice to save this more deep characterization till very close to the end for Azula? Like they always painted her as kind of the ultimate bad, but underneath the uh, she was kind of the what do you call it? like the she's the second boss right before the end boss oh like the dragon yeah and so having her as not being fully personalized always being that that steely just uh the person you don't want to face you know i think that worked for tension but right before the end having her breaking down like this it's like oh wow there's so much more dimension to this character than we really realized you know i just realized they did the same thing with um with Zhao. Yeah, no, I, I guess that's fair. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they did. I just realized. Wow, holy smokes! I just, I just came to that uh, conclusion right now. Holy crap! Um, <laughs> yeah, they did the same thing. Where, where Zhao, we, we kind of got some characterization. Obviously, him being an arrogant son of a gun early on, but like, mm-hmm. you know, then he was the disciple of Zhang Zhang, and he was too arrogant. He was too um, short-tempered. Uh, so that maybe got. I mean, that just, I guess, you know. Uh, solidified what we already knew about him but then we get to the northern water tribe fortress and it's like my destiny is to just wipe out the moon spirit it's like well what the what the hey did this come from <laughs> yeah but uh but i but i guess uh we return to the fire fleet and oh boy land is in sight as they they approach over water and we see the the fire lord or i guess that the phoenix king i should say he's uh he's pleased to be able to lead the, the destruction land ho it's gilgan's island uh-oh that's not good um 56 30 that's another wonderful shot of the comet i suppose going past them it's it's great yeah and we we see the 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 phoenix king smile as he sets the first blaze that's 
in his mind, going to eradicate a whole people. Yikes. <laughs> so we see a similar instance of what his brother did, as brothers both feel the energy within them from the comet itself. This one where Iroh was driven by the fact that he wanted liberation. This one, on the other hand, this brother, in fact, was all about extermination. Yeah, and it's... I mean, this show... We, we've talked at times about... Uh, they, they'll dip into darker stuff, but when you really think about what the Fire Lord is here to do, I mean, that is as dark as it gets, really. Repeating the extermination of a whole race of people, like what happened to Aang. It's the perfect image of Aang standing right there in the middle of the, the blaze, ready to face against it and not allow that to stand again. And all the birds flying around. Oh, man. <laughs> he is just like the and the stream of fire itself as it's like, you know, firebombing and like purifying the land. Like this, this man's like dream is to just like scorch the earth and start anew. Yikes. Oof. Yeah. And Aang tells Momo like, okay, you know, our time together, you know, you, you got to leave me for this bit. This is this is between me and him. And even the zoom around shot with Aang as we see kind of from, from the back to the front, even that has a really epic quality to it. Yep. And I, I, I also love, you know, there's confidence there, but um, there I can also see some maybe some doubt, but he just breathes in and is like, let's do this. And he, I guess the Fire Lord or the Phoenix King initiated the first strike, but yeah, goes at it with the, with the action. Yeah, I don't know about doubt. It's almost like uh, like sad resignation. Like he tried so hard not to be here in this moment to have to be the one. But it's kind of like, okay, I guess the I have to engage in the killing of this guy. <laughs> Ang, it's just sad. You cannot run away. You cannot. You cannot redo. You are not alone. You have this opportunity to make a change. Well, it's not the change that he wants, but it's the change that he has to deal with. As yeah, he puts the fight to him. Yeah, so basically he takes down uh, the sh- the airship, um, and yeah, they they both they will, you know, they lock eyes oh. for the first time. Yeah, chills, seriously chills. The the expression on on Ozai's face it's almost like he's seen a ghost. It's almost like whoa, I this is this I, I did not imagine that I would get to this point. <laughs> this is this is the phantom. This is this is the image that my family's like been worried about this entire time the one thing that we would always like you know worry about like from behind our backs like you know the 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 boogeyman basically that is going to be the undoing of our dream of our crusade yeah and here he is in front of me he cannot believe like first time seeing him obviously he's gotten reports of what he looks like but this is face to face for the first time both both seeing each other the first time i sorry i can't i can't contain myself it's like i just want to like watch the episode again myself and watch the the ending of it but like yeah it's about to say yeah how do you talk over something like this we've been having this a lot lately at least me or on our other podcast we keep covering things that are very difficult to cover because they're just they're almost too much and that's I'm having that here a little bit. <laughs> like they're so feel good that I I don't know how to contain the energy within me. It's almost like I want to just go for a run after after this. 
Yeah, exhilarating is the, the word that comes to mind. This this whole sequence. Like, gets the blood pumping, man. It's just like... And this is also... They have even... Obviously, like, you know, they both have displayed power. But they haven't even, fought, like, fought yet. Like, Aang just disabled the ship in an epic matter. Uh, and then, of course, what does Ozai do? Like, the, the metal thing of just like, all right, well, I'm just ditching my clothes, burns them, and then, like, takes off uh, as if he had jet boots. Yeah. Payoff, by the way. There you go. So, Jong Jong displayed it. Now Ozai pay, uh, displays it. So it's like payoff. Yeah, and they chose a, a fantastic location for this fight. This The image of them fighting in this, these, uh, what are these? Do you know what these this geological feature is called? I forget. Uh, rock pillars, but uh, for anybody who yeah. gets it, it's basically a, uh, oh, hey, it's the set of Dragon Ball Z. Like these windblown uh, yeah, pillars. Eroded towers. canyons. You know, it almost could have been the Great Divide. That would have been oh, hilarious no. if they had done it in the Great. <laughs> I kind of wish. I wish. I wish oh, they had no. done that, but no, obviously not. Yeah, it's perfect for their different bending abilities, and yeah, them just facing off, standing on them with the such a strong divide between them. Not in, not just physically, but in their you know their beliefs and and who they are. It reminds me of the uh, setting uh, where we first saw Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Uh, if you remember. Uh, in his not introduction, but when he first encountered the gang, the boomerang, excuse me, um, in that like during that nighttime fight, I don't know if you recall that way back in yeah. the early yeah. too. I think I actually want to, I kind of want to believe that it's the same place, but I could just be yeah. wrong on that. Yeah, and we cut back over to the airships, and uh, Sokka's looking through his little uh, his little spyglass, and he realizes, oh wait, that's Aang. He's right here, and. Instead of deciding to to go and help, like we saw them, like oh they they might do a battle plan, they realize that ah uh, that this this is between the two of them. What we really need to do is stop this this extermination going forward, and take out the fleet. So so I like that because it did seem weird them trained to be a part of that final fight. I feel like that would have been a distraction if they actually were. <laughs> yeah no so that plan of them all taking on the Fire Lord them himself uh, together. Yeah, it's out of the door. So it's now just down to Aang to do the deed instead. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to slice his head open with that that cool blade of his and moment to eat out the the inside. Nope, sorry, nope. This this yeah. lemur is not gonna eat that uh, Phoenix King's brain. Oh no! <laughs> but we get we get to the interaction, the first interaction between the both of both of them, the Phoenix King and the Avatar. Yeah, quite legendary indeed. And I love how the Fire Lord himself goes. Treats this whole scenario, you know, generations of Fire Lords, or yeah, Fire Lords of your way for this. Now the universe delivers you to me as an act of providence. What a well-delivered line and what a well-written line. Oh, yes. I was about to say Mark Hamill. Like, he's been here for a little while at this point, but he hasn't really had that many moments to really show the greatness of the role. But that line itself is just so well done. There's such a, a smugness and... uh yeah, I, I I just think it's so good. <laughs> this is the man who in Castle in the Sky wipes out a bunch of his own soldiers and or his own men and other soldiers that are like, you know, I, I guess allied with him. This guy is one son of a gun. And Aang, he takes this as his final opportunity. He's been pushing against this idea for, for pretty much the whole season at this point of not wanting to take this guy's life. And so he's like, hey, man, like, we're finally face to face. We don't have to do this. We don't have to fight. You could just choose to stop this and we could, you know, move forward in that direction. 
but no. <laughs> Aang on a diplomacy check, nat 19 with modifiers. Ozai rolls for counter diplomacy, rolls nat 20. <laughs> realizes what Aang's saying and is like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I do have the power to stop this and or at least the power to destroy. Ah, crap. So yeah, I definitely agree with you that in, in this fight, like for their first encounter, the first thing he says, the first thing that Aang says, obviously the Fire Lord is like, you know, I'm glad that you're here so I can kill you. Aang is like, diplomacy. Like, let's not fight. Yeah, Bard's like, we're gonna fight. <sighs> okay and of course let's make the obligatory joke we meet at last for the first time at last yeah and we get a, a three-way blast out of his mouth his hands and yeah it, it looks super cool yep and i love the way the ang is is framed against him down there yep um i guess you know i, I realized before i'm gonna i'll i guess correct myself before uh ang was confident in like disabling the airship because he was away from the fire lord now, in front of him, that's a different story. And now, just for the sake of, of, of time, I leave it up to you for their little early fight scene here, because I'm sure you have quite a bit to say, or at least something to say. We have, yeah, we have we have said, uh, we, I'm, I'm glad we got that display of the Order of the Pie Shield players retaking and or uh, sieging uh, Bossing Say with the Fire Nation, because it gave us an example of what we're about to see. Uh, and again, that is pulled back shots. We have a lot of like faraway shots, or at least shots uh, from f- further away to sh- like really show the action. And I guess my question to you, is there any standout moments in this fight between uh, these two, at least in this instance, before we go uh, back to someplace else? Um, we definitely get tons and tons of standout moments. I don't know if I can uh, go through them all, but and I guess in this this one moment, what the thing that stands out the most is Aang. He, I guess, using a combination of um, earthbending and airbending, he like lifts up the little platform that he's on and does a, this little flip to the point that he's facing the bottom of it to the Fire Lord, and then blasts it forward. That's cool. <laughs> I'm not sure how he did that, but this is finally, finally the like. I think we've reached the pinnacle of, you know, martial arts mixed with elemental powers. Yeah. And I think this is like the perfect display of, I can almost, I can pretty much see like, not, not that the previous, you know, episodes and books didn't show us this, but it's almost like this is the first time I actually saw like, you know, this is a legit like Kung Fu battle. Like we're actually seeing a Kung Fu battle on display here. Um, And it's, Again, different than in in the way of like what Dragon Ball Z would do when it came to like key attacks. Uh, again, very very different. And it, this is like, yeah, no, obviously Aang is hypercharged with firebending energy from the comet, but he's now really getting. We're seeing a display of everything that he has learned up to this point. I am definitely satisfied with what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, and Sokka is as well as he watches and he points out that. Aang uses this this airbending slice, and that that starts to you know it starts to tickle the uh, the old thinking brain in that Sokka there, and he's like, hmm, now I'm starting to think if we're gonna take out this little fleet, maybe we should do uh, what does he call it? Uh, <laughs> airship slice. Airship slice. There you go. <laughs> oh boy. 
Um, yeah, no, he's yeah, thinking back to uh, Avatar Day where he's like, get out of this jail with airbending slice. All that stuff. Um, but yeah, man, at, when, when, when the Fire Fleet then finally deploys the same method of attack, and I just love the way Ozai, by the way, when he first displayed, you know, his like fire blast um against the 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 against the uh earth or whatever against the uh land yeah i just love how it like uh built up it built up and charged i love how it was like a a, like a candle almost and then it just like you know what kind of like in uh the the sons of guns they they did the same thing that um uh hideaki ano did in shin godzilla uh where we like when he first displays the atomic breath, it kind of has phases, right? Because he first out, he first blasts like Mia masses of smoke. It turns to fire. Then it finally like turns to the purple energy beam. That's funny. I was going to say that that's what they do in the Godzilla uh, millennium series. They always have that little like collection of energy before the blast comes. That too. You're right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me that that's, that, that definitely is true. And I, I just love how the other fire nation uh, or the other uh, firebenders are kind of like grazing and are <laughs> to bring another space balls reference, uh, raking the, or combing the desert. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Some of that imagery is yeah. Oof. Oh, and even better at, uh, for, okay. For me at an hour, uh, 20, uh, we get a really, I don't know why, I love this image of Toph's like, close-up face when she says, um, whoa, that's a lot of fire, isn't it? Like, you can just yeah. see the reflection. You can see her eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to love eyes. I'm starting to, like, really love characters' eyes. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, and we see her hair just, like, flicker in the wind as we, as she can feel the heat itself. That's incredible. Sorry. Anyway. Battering ram time. Um mm-hmm. It's like the th- funny enough. It's like Rogue One again, uh, where they're like, "Call in the Hammerhead Corvette. We are the Hammerhead Corvette, sir." And they just plow through all the all the airships in like one go. It's amazing. It's a freaking awesome one take. Yeah, and you know you gotta imagine the people who are blasting that stuff who are just kind of standing under the ship with no guardrails or anything. The minute that they get hit those guys are falling right into their own flames. <laughs> well, hey, it's it's Sokka's decision, not Aang, so... Yeah, yeah. He's okay with murder, um, well, but murder. Aang, well, yeah, it's war. It's a little different. Wait a minute. Shouldn't they just use light speed to go towards... Hang on, we're not doing that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and I like during this little scene that they add some character tension. Uh, before they have to flee their own ship, um, Suki and... Uh, and Sokka kind of have a little moment there and they, they share a little kiss and some Sokka gives some reassurance. Um, I'm already past that scene. So I don't remember what he says. If, if you're around there, <laughs> uh, it'll, uh, we'll, we'll make it or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah I kind of passed it as well, but I, I just made, there's reassurance between the two of them of like, yeah, no, like, uh, we'll, we'll find a way or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah, things start hitting the fan, including, uh, a ship's, and they all climb to the surface, and yeah, things start to go bad pretty quick. Their their giant airship starts breaking apart, and eventually the groups are split up. Suki is left on her own, and yeah, Toffin and Sokka escape. I love how Sokka uh, keeps his hand on on Toph just because yeah, literally she. I don't know how well she's doing in this environment with seismic sense, but like yeah, she's yeah. no, she it makes sense, and I love also the little bit 
uh, when they land on the other ship uh, after they jumped at one oh one forty three. He just he just like yeah, immediately grabs her, covers her up. Yeah, axes cover for her. I like that too. That was that's another like that's that's small detail. That's really good anyway. And very well animated that moment. Everything the destruction as well was just oh JM man alive anyway. Um, so now, uh, we enter, uh, the capital city back once again to the coronation of princess Azula, soon to be fire Lord Azula. Yeah. And she's looking, she's looking messed. Um, you, you would think a big coronation like this, a a pivotal moment, you'd think going forward in fire nation history, that it would be event with many people there, but she's, uh, I'm assuming by her decree. It's a very small event. Very few people are there. Probably people that she feels she can trust because they seem elderly and she could probably easily take them on. <laughs> yes, the fire sages are about to you know, crown her. Uh, not to any thunderous applause since, uh, well, there's, uh, I think there's just crickets. Not even crickets in the stadium. Wow. She even banished the crickets. Wow, the, the dast- yeah. dastardly deed. She burned them up in their, their violins. Oh, <laughs> the- fiend how could she how dare she she must be stopped zuko do something and yes that's when appa arrives with zuko and katara and they're like we're shutting you down azula you gotta stop this madness at once yeah and she's like you're hilarious and katara's like who did your makeup what's going on with those lipstick (laughs) yeah i've had a bad hair day before once in my life but this is ridiculous yeah and then yeah zuko laughs but he tries to hide it And they're the the fire sages are like, oh, quick, let's uh, let's quickly put the crown back on for some bad happens and someone takes it. But Azula's like, no, 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 let me uh, let me deal with these punks first. Let me uh, Zuko, you want to be fire lord? Well, let's relive some of your childhood trauma. Let's let's go back to some Agni Kai stuff. It's the day that I have long been waiting for. It's a day that I probably has fantasized for her in her mind over and over and over again Ooh, how sad yeah no just uh, sibling side or whatever it's called <sighs> yeah the showdown that was always meant to be her killing him yeah <laughs> whatever again is that, is that a word or I'm not sure okay but... anyway I'm just gonna go with sibling side anyway yeah how, how twisted and sad do you think it maybe even has something to do with that mom she always feeling like the mom didn't like her and yeah, loving Zuko. Well, I mean, she had, uh, if, if Zuko has, uh, had Ursa, then I mean, Azula had Ozai. So, I mean, isn't that a good, uh, I think that's a good comparison, right? Or a good trade-off. Apparently not because, uh, Ozai was like, no, you're fire Lord now, not Phoenix. I'm Phoenix King. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Started treating her like a Zuko <laughs> or at least in her mind. Yeah. It's like, Ooh. you can't treat me like Zuko. Like, oh, how sad. <laughs> yikes, yikes, yikes. So, you know, a little pep talk before the fights between Katara and Zuko. She's like, ah, you can't can't do this. Like, even your uncle was like, this is impossible. Like, given, you know, that she's always bested you. And love the confidence in Zuko where he's like, no, this, no, no, no. I, I feel like I can take her on this time because there's something off about her. It's her hair. Just look at the hair, Zuko. <laughs> yeah, he has hair this time, whereas she, uh, she, she's got a lot of it, but it's uh, kind of unkempt, even though she um, combed it this morning. 
I do like how he's he's telling uh, Katara, like, oh, no, there's something just seems off about her. It looks like she's, you know, maybe she's slipping. I can't quite put my finger on it. Then they cut to her and she just looks disheveled and deranged. <laughs> yeah, okay, Captain Obvious right there, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Zuko is never the brightest. Um, <laughs> I guess he's he's given her the benefit of the doubt. And again, he doesn't know anything other than like, keep in mind, we, we know what's happening, but he doesn't. He, it's fair. <laughs> he sees this and he's like, yeah, something's off. Maybe the slipping is the wrong you know, word, whatever. But no, again, we remember this character literally just arrived and has no like clues to what just transpired with her this you know past day. Yeah, but you know, just spending time with her, yeah, I could see why he would immediately tell like, oh no, she's uh, she's gone off. the 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 expiry date has been yeah, it's a couple of weeks past. Yeah, because you know he's he's seen her and she's always like prim proper. She's got the hair. She has everything in order. Everything's symmetrical. Everything about her is asymmetrical today. So it's like, yeah, there's this isn't right. Yeah, and the vocal performance too. You can feel the kind of manic kind of quality to it. A little bit off. <sighs> Gray, she did a uh, fantastic job with that. With with acting like a maniac. Absolutely. You can you can definitely see why during this year there was a lot of there there were some memes comparing her to Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, they. I'm pretty sure somebody made a why so serious, and you could see her like you know cackling smile. They probably just did a little bit more red there, and it's like, oh, it's Joker face. <laughs> yeah, but then the uh, the combat commences, and this is again some some stellar stuff. I love the the moving camera work during that when Zuko's about to to kick it off. Yeah, this this camera man, this camera's jumping as much as some of these characters are about to be. <laughs> yeah, and then they start to intermix that combat with uh, the Fire Lord and, or I guess the the Phoenix King, and uh, and Aang. We, we we quickly cut away. We quickly cut away. We start off the fight and see, you know, the the mix the the, the uh, contrast between the red and the blue, red versus blue, excuse me, and then quickly cut away back to yeah, the Phoenix King versus the Avatar. And again, yeah, just just um, I, have, I have something more. Again, I said the displays of stuff. I like the fact you kind of mentioned this as well. There's a waterfall there. Like all the elements are basically like Aang pretty much has a lot of ammo to work with with both. Um, uh, what, what is it with with fire? No, with fire with earth and with water because and and he's near the sea as well, so he's got plenty of uh, water to deal with. Um, but the the thing of it is is that what we're seeing again. I I can't. I don't want to spoil. I, I don't know if I can explain it. Like it's just because yeah, it doesn't take too long. But what I can at least notice, and you've probably seen this as well, Ang is on what's called the back foot. Um, the constant mm. pressure and offense that Ozai is hitting him with, like he's yeah. relentless. Like again, not in the fact that Ozai is a man. Like he's uh, probably in his middle ages or, or whatever. But he's man. He, he's in, like he's in the prime. Like he is like probably been tra- like you saw how ripped he was when he took his shirt off. Man, I lied. Like yeah, that guy is is buffed up. Um, yeah, but like yeah, Ang is just always on the back foot. Yeah. Yeah, Ozai is constantly pushing forward, and Ang will occasionally use the momentum of him, uh, either being pushed back to uh, redirect. We even see him redirect some flame, which uh, I think is a little setup for the lightning later. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I like, also like the moments where Ozai gets a hidden, where it's like, um, even though Aang keeps blocking, like, like in a fight, there's still an opening where as he's blocking with a piece of earth, Ozai comes in from the corner and then just blasts him. And even though Aang doesn't get cooked, pushing back with his airbending, he still uh, gets knocked into a pillar. And yeah. like, that's like taking damage, basically. Yeah, taking a lot of damage and yeah, constantly just springing away. And we even see his clothes start to be yeah pretty damaged as well. And this keeps progressing forward until, again, they're standing in opposing pillars facing each other. And Ozai makes uh, his, his first mistake, probably, which is blasting Aang with lightning when Aang has a perfect clear, clear line of fire towards him. And Aang captures that lightning and goes to redirect it. And we even see Ozai's face with that moment of shock, realizing that, oh, I just made the error that could end my life. But Aang still just isn't ready to pull that trigger and, and fry him to fry him up like, uh, I don't know, like a spring chicken. Oh, and um, I guess this is, uh, sorry if we didn't warn this, but um, epilepsy warning. <laughs> well, if you already watched the episode, it's too late. So. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, well, yeah, epilepsy warning for those who uh, are about to watch it, because I, don't, I think the lightning in the past has been a little bit downplayed when it comes to like how much it's uh, you know sparking and and, yeah. and cackling with lights. This one because it's supercharged with you know uh, the comet's energy. Yeah, it's 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 zappy. Yeah, but how do you feel about this? Because we see that look in Ozai's face. He knows in that moment that he's lost. And if he got hit, I mean, he'd go flying off that pillar, and it, it could be the end for him. Oh yeah, it's no, it's double passe. He's he would have he would have died. He would have gotten zapped. And we see that look on Aang's face of just weary. Like he's still, even though he declared in the previous episode that, okay, I guess I have to kill the Fire Lord. Couldn't do it. When the moment comes down to it. Yeah, he can't do it. Can't do it. Just literally like it's against his character. I know it's it's what we, we suggested. Yes, you probably should. The character himself still says no. This is a character refusing to change. Yeah. And because of that, you know, and not, well, not in action. Well, he did make an action, of course, but yeah. because of that decision, Ozai, there's, there's like, Ozai is going to be like, okay, I'll give you a chance. No, he just goes forward and blasts Aang with fire. Again, Aang quickly um, brings up Pillar of Rock and blasts, it gets blasted backwards, thankfully into a lake. And can I just mention the other thing I, meant, I should have mentioned? The score. Oh my goodness. It's, it's fantastic. It really is just because it was at this moment. Well, I was hearing it before, but the score by Jeremy Zuckerman, where he had like an actual string film, Philharmonic, excuse me, string orchestra. I think it was in Kentucky or something like that or Nashville. Oh man, man, they did a freaking amazing job. And, um, the, the, the moment where Ang falls into the water, haunting man haunting like the strings beforehand have been great especially with, with like azula but that moment of just like ang falling and we hear like you know the, the string section oh it's yeah it's jerry, jerry zuckerman you <laughs> the man um any other any other thoughts on the score oh what can you say it's it's some of the best work in the series there's been so many great great moments in this show with music and this is yeah it it, it really helps boost the emotion yeah they've and which, by the way, it, it's high during this whole I was already saying that I was having some adrenaline rushes and like I was just completely elated, like you said. But the emotions, oh, man, this is 
I was actually saying to myself, all like throughout so much of this climax, like, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, <laughs> my goodness gracious, like this is awesome. Um, what's what's also awesome is, uh, but, but hey, they say the best for last. Like this is this is the way to go out on. This is the way to do a finale. Um, another cool bit is when Eng's falling. He briefly lost consciousness there. He wakes up and he's like, oh, falling, 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 and then. As it seems like he's waving his arms like a doofus, it's actually he's okay. trying to pull the water up from uh, underneath the water or from the water, excuse me, so that yeah. he doesn't hit the water like concrete because if people are like, oh, no, it's in any video game, right? You just jump down. Water's fine, right? Nope. That yeah. is not the case. If you're not proper with it, even like, like you know, Olympic swimmers know this or Olympic divers, excuse me, know this. Um, is that you're, if you don't hit the water properly at a certain height, you're going to break, like hurt yourself. Yeah. And he doesn't get any break. He, he manages to, to land safely and he looks up and the Phoenix King is soaring right back to him. Oh man. Oh, that, all oh, that image. Sorry. That's that image of him like rushing towards him at Oh five or at hour Oh five twenty five. It's just haunting. And yeah, he's like, just, it will not stop. And I'm not even going to like say the timestamp because everyone knows what I'm about to say, but just they cut out the dialogue. They, how do I put this? They, they like lessen the score. The score's still there, but they pull it back a bit and they just let the sound effects do the work. Oh, for, for uh, when we cut back to Azula versus Zuko. Yeah. And as the, the, the Agni Kai duel really starts to reach a fever pitch, you can tell that maybe for the first time in their lives and they're evenly matched. Like they are for blow to blow. They're delivering very, very similar stuff. I, I don't think so. Oh, I, I don't think there's a moment where Azula's tired. I get probably yes. given her mental state and she, she hesitates. And then Zuko is just standing there proudly for the fact. Can I also just mention that this is what we first saw? Well, maybe not first, but this is the set. Like after the pilot, the first thing that happens is well, the first thing, but the, the thing that happens with Zuko at the end of the episode of episode three is he has an Agni Kai duel with Zhao. What a fitting end to this entire series that it's another Agni Kai duel. And that it's pretty much the only Agni Kai duel. We've, we've never actually seen another Agni Kai duel between two other people, by the way, hmm. it's only ever been him because we see it yeah. him against Zhao him against his father and now him against his sister. All three participants, by the way, at that, you know, initial Agni Kai duel against his dad. Yeah, and I love, because uh, like I said, they're, they're pretty much dealing blow to blow until, like you said, she makes her screw up. And yeah, something about it's just off-timed or less power. And instead of letting it pass, Zuko just disrupts it and completely dissipates it. And I think that's the, the tide turning. He um so she yeah he blasts her she's she like has so she's caught off guard she goes forward towards him to like um uh what what is it uh break the distance or uh, close the distance sorry and yeah. just goes in circles and the visual effects itself can I just mention that the fact all the fire by the way every single piece of fire that you're seeing on screen or we're seeing on screen was hand drawn oh man you're killing me. <laughs> I really was saying kill me smalls, kill me. throughout all this. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I can't believe this. This it's even better than I remembered. I remember that this family was just amazing. But it's oh man, it's it's so good. <laughs> and then 
So she keeps going in circles. Like, yeah, I don't know what her tactic is. Let's try spinning. I have no idea. She just keeps going in circles, right? But it's a good trick. What, what, what can I say? Um, so Zuko's like, all right, enough of this. And then does the break dance spin kick uh, and just off, like flashes a bunch of fire at her. And yeah, you're right. Miss Time like catches her when she least expects it. And yeah, she gets knocked down and is, yeah, still exhausted, by the way. Like the angry, desperate, and um just not at her wits end but definitely like very angry <laughs> yeah and you get the sense that zuko realizes that okay the fight's won i just need to deal that that final blow and so he starts goading her he starts uh he's getting he's getting cocky in the fight you know he's he's throwing his weight around a little more and he's like come on you know what are you waiting for what are you scared of using your 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 best move your your lightning bending what are you scared i'm gonna redirect it or something hoping that he can trick her into using it um maybe this is ah, this is terrible but has he done that has she has he done that to her yet with the lightning redirecting yeah i don't think he's done that to her unless i'm wrong on that i don't know if i don't think he's no yeah no it was only the fire lord wasn't it oh how oh zuko you gave away your best trick oh no 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 but maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing because like in this moment of like where you know she i don't think he's gonna actually kill her by the way um but definitely like this is a mistake on his part where it's like he shouldn't have gloated in that case and gave away the yeah. fact that he can redirect because it's like that's kind of what siblings would do. I could I could I could sort of believe the fact that that's kind of what siblings would, would do in this case. Yeah. And it could be pushing for a submission. Like letting her know that he realizes and she already knows that he's got the upper hand in this. And yeah, maybe showing that would push her to yeah finally back down. Everybody say it with me. Silver Anakin, I have the higher ground. Yeah, but he should have known that you're never going to catch Azula in a clean win. If she's back into a corner, yeah, she's going to pull out some dirty trick to get get back on top. And then this is where, like, this is where I kind of go, okay, wait a minute now. Because as, as, as soon as Zuko, you know, says the gloat, right? He, he gloats. Yeah. Katara just immediately shows up and I'm like, okay, why'd they do that? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, a good point. That's a mistake. That's, that's a, that's a, for, I feel like that's forced right there. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, I guess I assume that she wasn't that far away watching the battle, but now I think about all the blasts that they were having. If she was there that whole time, she would have been fried. We saw <laughs> the establishing shot when we, we cut from, you know, uh, Ozai and Aang. We cut to the capital. We see those flames like reach higher than some of the buildings, the capital buildings, almost to the like uh, volcano dome itself. Okay, that invert in a vertical sense. Okay, horizontal sense. Who even knows? Um, like, I'm gonna assume that because Zuko started talking, Katara was like, "Okay, she's she's done." Like she noticed when Zuko did the breakdance spin kick, um, she got knocked down that's that means it's over mm. that's what i'm going with other than it maybe being a little bit contrived i have no idea because what happens next is yeah go ahead yeah zuko realizes the direction and realizes that oh no yeah i've i've made my mistake and now she's breaking the rules and she's gonna fry old katara and he started the fight by saying i'll do it myself and i don't want anyone else to get hurt and so realizing that oh no I've maybe caused this mistake. He chooses to to jump in front of the blast. And I guess he tries to redirect it in the air. 
but uh, you all, he, he already made it very clear to Aang, like, this isn't something you can mess up and just do on a, on a whim. You got to be very precise. And so he takes that blast pretty much full on. Yep. Um, had he been sturdy? Because he, he was ready. He was, for all intents and purposes, like, ready yep. to absorb the lightning. But unfortunately, because it's midair and he's not, he's imbalanced by way of like literally his body's out of balance. Like he does, he's literally in midair. So there's no, like his, his feet aren't on the ground. So like literally to ground himself, uh, yeah. kind of fries him and he redirects it. Thankfully we, we do see it leave his body, uh, and travel away out, out of the city limits, by the way. Um, but can I just mention again, the buildup that Azula does, like we see, uh, Ozai kind of quickly throw lightning at Aang, which looked really cool. I love how the buildup that Azula does where it's just like crackling around her. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Zuko takes the blast. He's on the ground and Katara has, tries to run forward to either protect him or, or maybe jump into the battle herself. But Azula very crazily too. She's looking like she's completely off balance. Now she's into crazy town is like, Nope, this that's my prey over there. That's my meal. So, <laughs> And then we we cut back to the other battle. Oh boy. <laughs> Comes straight towards him along the water and quickly is like, oh, I'm out of here. And he's like, runs like the ro- the roadrunner like, on yeah. water. I heard those sound effects too. The, uh, the, the... <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, Dash uh, from Incredibles. And <laughs> yeah, the Fire Lord's just too fast, like with jet propulsion and it just catches up. And Aang panics again and domes himself. Yeah, not, not obviously to a rock, but like into a rock, excuse me. Yeah, it creates he becomes like uh, the thing, the big rock body. Well, I guess not this time. He's just a big rock ball that he's hiding in. Yeah, just like the the first time we found him in the uh, the ball of uh, water, ice, water. Yeah, same thing, I would guess. <laughs> yeah, technically the same thing. <laughs> and the fire lord just begins berating and and mocking him just like his son did, uh, becoming arrogant and assuming he's one before he has. And oh, you know, you're. You're just as weak as the rest of your people were. It's like, oh man. <laughs> I, yeah, no. I mean, this is the this is little literal backfoot. Like he's he's uh, trapped between a rock and a hard place. Yep. And the Fire Lord says, uh, you know, your people they didn't deserve to exist in this world. And uh, yeah, you're you're about to join them. So so get ready for Jeez, that. How would you know, man? You didn't like you only learned. So you were never like there. Like, come on, guy. Sheesh. Hey, don't you know that the Fire Lord is just a incarnation every time? Every time it's uh, it's passed oh, on. So they they did the same thing. <laughs> they just did the same thing, right? Instead of like passing by a title, it's now like oh, it's the same person over and over again. Okay. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Except it's by like actual biology. That's weird. Um, and yeah, so he yeah he, he starts doing some blasting, and we start doing some ending as we come to the end of this episode. Oh boy! It literally like just cut to black. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as Caleb said, for once, uh, for the right reasons, we are not doing part two. Like, we're not doing this as one part. Yeah, we're already at an hour and 40 minutes, so. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's going to be trimmed, but. Yeah. Uh, but it'll probably still be around that as we arrive to our, our final thoughts for this episode. Uh, part three of Sozin's Comet, Into the Inferno. And it was definitely an inferno. So many flames. <laughs> I wonder if the game is as as good as uh, as the title says. I can't imagine it is, but 
Hey, maybe one day we'll find out. I don't know. We'll see. I I just I don't know if you could get the. Lo- I mean, okay, they always say that with like Dragon Ball Z games uh, or Naruto game, Naruto game, excuse me, where it's like, how do you display? I mean, that's what games are for, obviously. But like, how do you display the magnitude of like battles like this? I guess that is what games are made for, right? So I guess like, hey, yeah. go watch Devil May Cry, like go or go play Devil May Cry. Excuse me. I think that's a good use of like you know power that uh, they do a good job of showing off of that. But it, it, that's that's regardless or whatnot. Um, this, yeah, should fans watch this? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, just because uh, this episode mm. left me speechless. Yeah, I mean, what is this? It's not even a complete story. Uh, screw this, you know. Yeah, I guess like as a story itself. Um. <laughs> well, it says parts, so like it really. Yeah, yes. no, it doesn't matter. Like, it, yeah, no, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> you, I, I don't think you can look at it as like it's a single episode, but like, no, no. I mean, this is the the part uh, three of the series finale, so it's yeah, it could never stand on its own, really. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for what's in it, though, I think it definitely could stand on its own. Like going back. No, you see, I think you need the bill. I think I, you could go yeah. back to this and just watch this randomly. Like if you went and read like a comic issue in a in a run, like like the uh, penultimate issue in in a run. But it's like you kind of need the build up. Like that's what the whole series is for. Is is this like these moments right now? Yeah, and it's a little bit. It's it was a stupid uh, joke on my part. I mean, it yeah, obviously it was never gonna. It was never designed to stand on its own. So, well, hey, we're at least trying to be legitimate here. Of like, did this episode stand on its own? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any purpose for that. But for continuing the build up, ramping up to the towards the final end. Oh man, was this exhilarating! I was, I really was exclaiming to myself constantly, like, oh my gosh, like I I did not remember it being this great. I was, I was like, oh my goodness, when it finally ended. I was like, no, like, oh, I, I can't believe I have to stop there because I had to go out. I couldn't watch the next episode. Yep. Then. No, yeah, that's, uh, that's the key. <laughs> darn it. It was a lot. And, and yeah, it was it was an emotional. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on in this. This this yeah, brain of mine exploding. <laughs> I I don't know if I would have wanted the budgets like if, if they had had the budgets for every single uh, if they had the budget for, I guess, the last four episodes here for the like rest of the series, I actually don't know if I would have wanted that because if they if they I mean, because they had the these those fight scenes like this good. This this end fight scene, I don't know if it would be like just as it would just be the same, right? Like it would just be like, ah, it's kind of just all the same stagnant stuff, right? They sorry, I just, it came out of nowhere, but just like that. They did the right thing of splitting this thing into three parts or four parts, excuse me. Yeah, and it never occurred to me until you just said that. But I wonder if some of the because uh, we we talked about a number of episodes that felt like they were a little underfunded, like the animation was like, OK, this feels a little bit subpar for what we've seen prior. I wonder if they really were just stockpiling that budget stuff for this big finale at the end. Well, we're going to say that for the, uh, you know, series overview, mm. but like, that's pretty Fair. much, no, that's, Fair. that's, that's the case like that. Like just bringing that out here like that is literally the case. Okay. <laughs> the, the reason, uh, the budget cuts were re- not even cuts. It's more redirections. Yeah. They had a budget and I think they probably requested like, Hey, this is the end of the C- series. Can we like get some money? And they're like, all right, why not? Yeah. So they took what they had and they divvied it up, v- divvied it up, excuse me. And what we got 
is this in the end. So, you know, all the times we saw uh, the limited budgets for other episodes where you're like, okay, character animations, character design may have not been on the forefront. The action was, you know, a little reduced. This is why. Again, redirection, not so much like slashed. Yeah. You could say slashed in a, in a way of like, okay, well, they had to have cut like one episode's budget in half just to like put money here instead. Slash, yes, but I, I say redirection because they have like on a certain amount of money they have to you know spend for this. Yeah, but let's let's start moving towards the end. It's uh, yeah, this one's getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Save that for the overview. Um, yeah, I mean, recommend this. I had a <laughs> smile on my face going into this. I have a smile uh, on my way out. Yeah, and for the first POV positioning with Azula, uh, it was a big success. I, yeah, I, I definitely was with her, and then when I wouldn't be with her anymore at the end climax fight. You know, I was, I appreciated how she got there, but I was fully on board to see her getting taken down. And it was, uh, yeah, getting a chance to see that vulnerability is, was definitely good for Zuko also being able to, to translate that vulnerability as well. As a character who always had the upper hand over everybody and played all, well, played all sides, but definitely seemed like she was in control, which she was to see her like have a breakdown and kind of finally like be brought down can be elating to some. It could certainly like be satisfying for some. It's definitely satisfying for me, but as a, you know, fully, you know, I'll say fully grown adult, but as a, yeah, as a full adult, I get it. I'll maybe talk about my th- th- thoughts and feelings about this later on, but let's just say yeah. that I'm satisfied with how that storyline turned out. Absolutely. And I'm, I continue to be satisfied with how these episodes turn out with you there, Isaac. Thanks, man. Thank you for once again uh, joining me for some more Avatar. You're welcome, bud. Any any time. Hey, this was this was you know joint effort, obviously. And yeah, I mean, it, this would sound like I, I'd sound like a lunatic uh, if I was just talking about this myself. Hey, people do it. People do solo podcasts. I used to listen to a couple. They are they are way better than I am. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, sometimes sometimes not. Not that means that. <laughs> Not that I shouldn't compare myself to them because I would bring them down and say, no, 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 of course not. I'm just a Aww. novice elitist after all. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I guess that brings us down to the close. Uh, hopefully everyone will join us for the final episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, dear. My goodness. <laughs> Never thought you'd be saying that ever, eh? <laughs> well, I knew it would come one day. I just didn't expect it to come. Uh, so soon but straight uh, up yeah this is not how i expected this entire like how this to end like i mean it's planned obviously to end but other than like like there's no script yeah for for us i mean on our end uh but but take us home take us home one shall stand one shall fall till next time peace
And I guess now to go into the inferno to burn us up. 